So good morning, everyone. Hi. Hello. So my name is Won Hee. I'm an ID pharmacist from Moffitt. So today we are going to just talk about beta lactam allergy. Case number one: 86-year-old female admitted with a complicated UTI. Uh, the culture was positive. It was real UTI. Um, culture was positive with the VRE, sensitive to ampicillin. Uh, patient improved on three days of deptomycin and physician is asking for an oral option to facilitate the discharge. So, and patient have a history of penicillin swelling as a child, and now the patient is 86 year old. What would you do? So this is a question that I'll throw out at you. The physician asks us for the recommendations. A, penicillin skin testing is not an option for this patient since the history reported with IgE-mediated reaction. B, there is no need for skin testing. Proceed with a graded challenge. Uh, C, given the history, skin testing may be of value. D, the patient requires full ampicillin desensitization, therefore need admission to ICU. A. Raise your hand, B. Please be responsive. <laughs> C. Nobody? D. Oh, you only have an option from A, B, C, D. <laughs> All right. So, case number two. 58-year-old male admitted with a community-acquired pneumonia. Uh, it's a real pneumonia. Penicillin allergy history is unknown reaction. And the physician prescribed azithromycin 2 gram Q8 with azithromycin 500 milligram daily. Uh, what, are the, what are the following? What would you be your recommendation in this case? So with the unknown reaction, A, graded challenge with ceftriaxone is a good option given the low rate of cross-reactivity with the penicillin. And B, um, graded challenge with ceftriaxone requires admission to ICU. C, given the unknown reaction to penicillin, it is best to avoid cephalosporins. Uh, D, penicillin allergies are rarely accurate. Initiate um, ampicillin sulbactam. A, <laughs> okay, more confidence. B, C, D. So everybody agrees, A? Okay. Oops. So problems associated with antibiotic allergies, it's first it is poorly documented um, throughout the EMR system. And um, a lot of um, cases that we use um, non-beta-lactam agent, sometimes it's uh, suboptimal, so inferior microbiological outcomes has been associated. Adverse events, for example, use of more of fluoroquinolone or clindamycin um, increase the rates of C. diff. Also has been associated with other um, uh, more resistance infections like the MRSA and VRA infections. Um, people tend to use more restricted antibiotics, thus cause the increase of mortality and then antibiotic cost as well. So objective of the today's talk, we are going to classify the different uh, types of drug sensitivity um, and understand the different risks between um, different beta lactams. Uh, for the especially for the cross reactivity and what are the strategies to avoid um, adverse events and discuss the penicillin cephalosporin allergy testing if we need to um, and then um, differentiate between the graded drug challenge versus desensitization. Finally, I introduced some of the uh, antimicrobial stewardship efforts that's been published. 
um, to address the drug allergies, especially focusing on the better allergy assessment and some of the skin testing strategies and documentation. So, traditionally, um, adverse drug re reactions were um, classified as type A and B. A is more pharmacologically driven and dose dependent, non-immune mediated, and less influenced by the genetic factors. So something that you can predict better. Type B, uh, pharmacologically unpredicted, uh, non-dose dependent. So um, penic true penicillin um, induced IgE um, hypersensitivity will be dose independent. So very small dose can trigger the um, reaction. Um, and it's often uh, immune mediated. So you probably are familiar with this chart. So the hypersensitivity immune mediated is classified from like uh, class one to four. Uh, one is IgE mediated. It's mostly the immediate um, reaction, mostly less than one hour, but could be a little bit longer and beta lactams. And it comes with auricaria, pruritis, angioedema, uh, anaphylactic reaction. Um, class two and three and four, they, um, the onset of the time of the reaction can be delayed um, uh, even to like several weeks out uh, after the medication is done. So hemolytic anemia, thrombocytopenia from uh, Josephine, for example, can happen several weeks after the antibiotic is initiated. But some of the things can be prevented by, like for example, we check uh, G6PD deficiency before we prescribe Dapson, right, to prevent some of these um, side effects or the hypersensitivity. Um, and for type 4, there are some severe cutaneous adverse reactions, like DRAS, um, pain, a gap, and um, acute interstitial nephritis and liver injuries as well. And um, there are some tests like HLA screening for antiviral ibacavir that's um, available. So it's important to understand the onset of the timing and wh what the cutaneous reaction looks like when we assess. Um, and if there is any test to prevent um, the hypersensitivity that's available, we should utilize those. And there's also non-immune mediated hypersensitivities as listed here. For example, fluoroquinolone can cause immediate reaction that looks like um, immune mediated, meaning T cell or antibody related. However, it's mostly um, associated with a mast cell. And the difference between this and then IgE in, um, associated, associated hypersensitivity will be that the, no direct testing, but patient may tolerate the low dose or oral challenge at a lower dose. Also, the reactions can be responsive to antihistamines or slow infusion. The vancomycin reaction, um, by reducing down the infusion, it can also be reduced and can also respond to the antihistamines as well. So, So more recently, they reclassified the adverse drug event um, drug reaction to on-target ADR, which is uh, extension of the pharmacological effect uh, versus off-target ADR. But then on the off-target, there will be drug allergy with immunological uh, responses versus um, like a fluoroquinolone case of mast cell um, associated reaction. 
So I highlighted the difference between the immunological drug allergy versus the uh, non-immunological drug allergy. So remember that you can uh, manage it somehow, and that doesn't mean that you cannot re-challenge the drug and, um, ever again. So I thought it's important to recognize some of the rashes. What are these called? So this is uh, responsible for the 5 to 10% of the drug rash uh, with the most drug. Oh, I already have an answer. <laughs> yeah, it has uh, advancing edge, and then it once, uh, once you're pressuring it, uh, the complete blanching of the lesions happens. So it looks like it has the edges um, and the marks. And it also um, um, associated with the intense pruritus. This is more symmetrical uh, rash. It's also called the mobiliform or maculopapular drug rashes. Um, exanthemous drug eruptions, most um, commonly associated with uh, drug rashes in um, over 80% of the cases. So in this case, would you retry these drugs again? No. So it's important to identify the causative drug, and this can be managed with the antipyritics um, and then corticosteroid. This is the more severe types of cutaneous reaction. The first one is uh, Steven Johnson. Let's keep moving. <laughs> um, it has a widespread pyruritic lesion and blistering. Uh, also um, involves the mucosal erosions. Um, picture B has a toxic necro um, epidermal necrosis, so detachment of the skin from the body. Number C, what is this one? It already had an answer. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just automatically, yeah, so uh, AGEP, uh, multiple pin side, um, pin head sized uh, non-follicular pustules on the erythematous region. Um, the D picture is a dress, um, drug rash associated with the eosinophils and systemic symptoms. So extensive lymphadenopathy and the edema uh, with the redness infiltration. So now we're going to talk about the cross-reactivity. So what do you know about cross-reactivity of the beta-lactams? High rate of cross-reactivity between penicillin and the cephalosporin? Yeah, so um, historically, there are some people reported between 10 to 25% erroneously high rates of cross-reactivity between penicillin and cephalosporin, but this was due to the manufacturing process in the olden days, 1960s. Uh, penicillin contamination of the cephalosporin manufacturing process, also the reports were mostly from the non-consecutive case reports, and um, at the time, mostly the pen uh, cephalosporins were first generation, so that shares the um, common R1 side chain with the amino, um, uh, amino penicillin. And so actually in a more, more recent studies, cross-reactivities between carbapenem and penicillins were less than 1%. And with the monobactam, um, what's monobactam? Name of the Azotrionam is like 0%. So almost all the case reports about the cross-reactivities are um, related with uh, immediate hypersensitivity. However, there are some reports on the non-immediate hypersensitivity, like a type 4 or 2. 
um, some of which also suggested side chain cross reactivity. So now we are really um, focusing on the side chain. So as long as you give a totally different side chain, there are less and less chance of the cross reactivity. It shows the chemical structure. As you can see, carbapenem monobactam, very low cross sensitivity. Cephalosporin now is less than 2% in general. But if you, um, again, use the different side chains, it's different. So I like this chart, uh, it's very simple, um, and it, share, it shows the um, cross, so you can, you, can, you can read it this way, cephadroxyl and aminopenicillin. So first generation cephalosporins, a lot of them shares the same R1 side chain with the ampicillin, so you should worry about um, the cross reactivity. However, if you look at the cephadroxyl, which is the first generation IV cephalosporin, doesn't share any side chains. Um, with the other cephalosporins. So if you had an oral reaction to Keflex, you may be still able to tolerate the cephadroin. Um, this is for the second and the third generation and as a trionam. As you can see, I wanted to highlight ceftazidim doesn't share really a big um, side chains with the other cephalosporins. In that sense, it's quite unique. Uh, this chart is busier, but it had more antibiotics, including ceftolazone, um, which is in what drug? The most recently approved? Zerobaxa, right? And ceftalolins are also in the chart. And the chart is a little bit more busy because if it's R1, it's completely same R1. Uh, R1 prime is similar, but a little bit different. So it's a small R1, it's a less similar. So they, um, they show a lot of a lot of different details. Again, the cephazoline does not really share the side chain there. So you can um, use this kind of chart to see what kind of agent you can use. Okay, so just wanted to highlight. So um, as a trionam, just have a one uh, monobactam ring versus ceftazidim has cephalosporin ring, but they are they have identical R1 side chain. So and their spectrum is quite similar. That's why um, uh, if you really cannot remember the chart at all, a patient had a cephalosporin allergy, you could use ceftazidim, for example. Uh, also, wanted to highlight the difference in. Um, nafcillin and cephazolin. As I uh, mentioned earlier, cephazolin does not really share the side chains with the other cephalosporins or the penicillin. So do they look alike? <laughs> yeah, only the beta-lactam ring um, looks the same, but otherwise, the quite different side chains. And beta-lactam rings are um, not as antigenic as the side chains. And as I will say later, R2, actually side chains are eliminated quickly than R1, and R1 stays in, and that's why we are focusing on the R1 side chains more. So based on this structure, and also they have a very similar activity against this bug, right? What is the drug of choice? MSSA, right? Um, so these guys use the use cephazolin after um, delayed immune-mediated hypersensitivity reaction to nephcelin in an outpatient setting. So they were just switched because of the reaction to nephcelin. And when they are switched, um, out of the 60 patients who transitioned to cephazolin, 28% uh, were switched because of the non-IgE-mediated 
mediated hypersensitivity, uh, which included the maculopapular rash, immune-mediated nephritis, or eosinophilia, immune-mediated uh, hepatitis. So quite very um, serious. But all but one patient, 94%, um, who switched to cefadroin tolerate the drug. So this is another evidence of you being able to switch nephrocin to cefadroin, even though they had a reaction. So in summary, if you have a penicillin allergy that's confirmed by the skin test and oral challenge, avoid other penicillins. Uh, for cephalosporin, skin test is not really well standardized, uh, but you can use the other agent, other cephalosporins with different side chains. Uh, cephalosporin, as I said, R2, and R2 is unstable, but R1 is more responsible for the cross-reactivity. Um, and third-generation cephalosporins can be used in non-immediate or non-life-threatening allergy to penicillin, most safely. And betalatam ring itself is not a major antigenic determinant. Carbapenem has less than 1% cross-reactivity. Monobactam is really the 0%. Uh, if you have a type 4 severe cutaneous reactions, recommend antibiotics of all that class, the same class, it's just avoid the whole thing. That's the current recommendation, but this is not really based on the actual study. There's just not much data of re-challenging this patient on the um, same, class, same class agent. Now we're going to change gear to penicillin allergy testing. Correlation. So up to 10% of the population and 20% of the inpatient carry a label of penicillin allergy. But once they really actually go through the allergy testing, 90% of them are not allergy. And the rate of penicillin positive skin tests actually had decreased. You can see the number from 27% uh, to 6% most recently, maybe uh, based on the better uh, selection of the patient who needs to be tested. Um, and then the determine um, using the different uh, reagent as well. So 90% per, uh, of the patient with penicillin allergy actually are not penicillin allergic. And the choice of penicillin skin test reagent can affect the positive skin um, test reaction. So just give you, give you an overview. Uh, the patient have a, some sort of penicillin allergy, and what would you do? You'll go and ask them what happened and how the reaction happened, how soon that happened, did you ever try any other penicillin, et cetera, right? So clinical history is very, very important, especially um, don't just label it as uh, allergy versus adverse events. Um, have the details about what actually happened is very important. So once it's deemed as non-immediate, like meaning happened several days later or many hours later, um, the, we do um, patch, we do, uh, guideline recommends patch test first and that late reading of intradermal test. If that's positive, avoid that agent. If it is negative, then you can do the oral challenge. If it is deemed immediate reaction, then there is a penicillin skin testing with a major determinant, minor determinant. Uh, if they both are negative, then you will do the oral challenge. So that's the overview. So the skin testing for the IgE reaction, um, again, is a skin prick testing with intradermal testing and then single therapeutic dose of or the graded oral challenge. The negative predictive value um, used to be reported as very high, oh, 90, 90, 96 to 98%. Uh, however, more recently, it's, um, it's been reported as 94%, which is a little bit concerning, right? 
Um, however, with a 1%, uh, with a negative skin test, they actually had a positive reaction to oral test. Um, so that's why uh, we do recommend the oral challenge if they are negative for the skin testing. Accessibility to such testing and reagent has been a great limiting staff. For example, the minor determinants that are available and recommended are not available commercially, and that's been a challenge. Resensitization after the negative test is rare, so retesting is really not recommended. Negative predictive value of the cephalosporin uh, skin testing is less than penicillin testing, as you can see, 32, maximum like 86%. Um, so best bet is maybe try the different side chain agent instead of, but who would try the same agent anyway, in reality? Uh, oh. Okay, to show you how, you how to do the penicillin skin testing, so you have to test both major and minor determinant. So the penicillin will be metabolized to this um, other like minor determinant and you have to test both. Um, so these are the concentration, and be just because the penicillinate or penicillinate not easily available in the USA, um, we've been um, using penicillin G or amoxicillin um, at a low concentration. The chart below shows from a data, a pretty recent data, it shows that people with a positive skin reaction uh, to only um, minor determinant, penicillinate, it was 23%. Uh, was only 3%. And then the patient who responded to the major determinant on the uh, first column was only 36%. So the 64% of people only um, responded to the minor determinant. So that's uh, the rationale to recommend both major and minor determinant testing. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> So this is how you do it. You use the histamine as a positive control, saline as a negative control, and then prepen is the uh, contains the major determinant, uh, penicillin G or ampicillin as a minor determinant. You wait for 15 minutes after the skin prick. You use the lancets, and then greater than three millimeter, or some studies use the four millimeter as a positive reaction. Uh, intradermal test you will use actually. Um, Intradermally inject a little, um, you know, amount of the, each component that you use um, for the skin prick test. The same agent you observe for 15 minutes. Again, greater than three millimeter is considered positive. All right, am I done? Okay. So that's how you do the um, IgE-related skin testing. And now for the delayed T-cell allergy skin testing. Uh, most commonly associated with the beta-lactam sulfonamide and then glycopeptides for the severe cutaneous reaction. The skin testing has not been performed, so um, don't do the skin test at the very first step. Um, uh, you have to do the patch testing first, um, and then if it's negative, then you can do the intradermal test. But the sensitivity for the patch test is not as great. Uh, for dress, it's only maximum 80%, which is better than the other types of skin reaction. Uh, so these are really hard to test if uh, people will have delayed hypersensitivity skin reactions. And there are some uh, immunological testing like T-cell enzyme-linked immunospot. They're not widely available because sensitivity specificity is not quite high as 90%, it's way lower than 90%. 
And then patients with a history of uh, non-immediate hypersensitivity, if they were re-challenged on an oral challenge, graded challenge, uh, it was uh, hard to reproduce. So um, I guess you just have to best avoid something similar to the previous ones. Because um, in terms of testing, we are still lack of a lot of evidences what to do. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, uh, yeah, it just goes like several slides if I hit one. Okay. All right. So I'm, I, I want this slide. So this is how you do the patch testing. I guess it is quite dif difficult for us to appreciate uh, what kind of reaction that is. You know, scoring system is developed to 1 plus, 2 plus, 3 plus. So mostly the allergists um, uh, are doing this. Um, just wanted to show you how it looks. Um, you can read it at 20 minutes, and it's, it is a test for the delayed reaction, so you can read the further reading up to six to seven days. Yeah. Yeah. So next, once the patient is negative, would you do um, graded challenge or desensitization? What is the difference between these two? You have to use the penicillin in this case for some reason, you know, the best drug in terms of efficacy and everything. If it's a positive, would you do the graded challenge or no? No. You only do the um, skin testing negative and graded challenge. You challenge them uh, with uh, some good amount of drug, you know, faster phase. Desensitization, you have a skin test positive, you're going to desensitize them so that you can use it. So you know that in this case, in desensitization, you know that the patient is actually um, positive for the allergy. So there is the oral provocation protocol for uh, immediate reaction versus um, the delayed reaction that I listed here. So drug challenge can provoke life-threatening reaction because the protocol goes by pretty fast. Um, and so it requires to either confirm or exclude the drug allergy, and it has to be done in a careful way. Resensitization can occur in a minority of the cases. Uh, avoid if the skin tests were positive. Not recommended in a high-risk patient. So if uh, like a severe cutaneous reaction, just avoid this testing or the agent. That's the current recommendation. Drug allergy expertise is required. If you do it too slowly, then you may have a false negative result. If you do too fast, then it can cause life-threatening reaction. And negative pro predictive value for this test is 94%. In combined with uh, skin testing, then it becomes you know, the higher predictive value. Here we go. Here is the um, protocol. So as you can see, like four-step or two-step, some of the studies um, propose like two-step, single, uh, simple oral challenges. Uh, and there are a lot of, um, using some, some protocols, they've been successful. So just wanted to give you the examples. So for oral, you wait like 30 to 90 minutes. For IV and IM, you wait for 30 minutes. For the oral provocation for non-immediate reaction, um, it is an important diagnostic tool due to low sensitivity of the intradermal or um, the patch test, and it's contraindicated again in a very serious reaction. can be used in mild cutaneous delayed type reaction. And for example, you will use one 
um, one hundredth dose times one, and then one tenth of the dose for two, three to seven days, and then full dose. Um, so there are different protocols out there available. Desensitization again is different approach. If a patient is skin test positive, but you want to induce temporary induction of the unresponsiveness by making the patient sensitized. Um, so it is a tolerance state that lasts 24 to 36 hours. So if you don't really give the full drug or don't, don't start the treatment, you lose it. So um, you only use it for the, when there is no alternatives, uh, when a specific drug is necessary for treatment or more effective than any other alternatives. And in IgE, um, immediate reaction. For the delayed non-life-threatening maculopapular reactions, there are some people who published, and I have a reference there, uh, for these type of reactions protocol. So these are also being investigated as well. It's contraindicated in a non very serious cutaneous reaction. Again, the same thing. Um, you have to have a full resuscitation facilities, expertise, and mostly people are doing it in ICU for that reason. If reactions occurs, next dose should be tenfold lower and do it slower. So there are like different um, regimens using oral or IV or slower, faster version. This is just one example. As you can see, compared to the oral challenges, it's way slower and started from a very low dose slowly to the therapeutic dose. So now I'm, I'm going to talk about some of the antimicrobial stewardship um, initiatives that's been uh, published. So what are we going to do about the drug allergy, which is very commonly reported. 20% of the hospital people uh, report to have penicillin allergy. Um, So collaboration is the key. So we have to assess um, antibiotic allergy um, to begin with correctly. And then if there is a need for further testing, we need to, somebody needs to do it or refer to somebody to get it done, right? And so the key is to um, identify the patient uh, for the further testing. Um, if the patient have a label of multi-antibacterial allergy, um, then you will have less and less choices. So that will be a good, cho uh, good case. History of a hypersensitivity to penicillin who require frequent antibacterial treatment, documented, documented infection where penicillin is the drug of choice and you cannot use it. Uh, history of anaphylaxis during the general anesthesia and penicillin was one of the drugs that was administered. So these are some of the examples and recommended guidelines for the allergy testing. And if they are not really allergic, uh, if they just have side effects or intolerance, then we have to delabel the patient, which is very important and has been poorly done. Um, and so documentation is the key. So the example of uh, one initiative. Uh, all they did was pharmacists that had this interview sheet, and all they did was clarify on the beta-lactam allergy. They didn't do any further testing. So clarification on beta-lactam allergy via pharmacist-driven interview. So they did this interview, and 56, 66% um, uh, were successfully switched to beta-lactam. Um, so the physicians will not will be reluctant to change if they have no idea what happened. But if they have an idea of what actually the reaction was, they were willing to switch. A discrepancy between the EMR reported allergy and history obtained on interview was quite high, 34%. So this again emphasized a good um, standardized allergy assessment. 
this is from I think last year. So um, some people in Maryland they did um, penicillin testing by the ID fellows. So mostly from the ID consultation service. ID fellows, I don't know if you are linked to them. <laughs> so I just wanted to show you the step. So they use the uh, major and minor, right? Penicillin G as minor and then PPL as a major. They use the histamine as a positive control, uh, sodium um, chloride as a negative control, and then greater than three millimeter as a positive sign. And amoxicillin oral challenge if the skin tests were negative. So they did it correctly. Um, and once they did it, 96% um, of the patients were negative in a skin test. And 84% with a negative test had antibiotic change. 63% received the narrower spectrum antibiotic. 80% received the more effective therapy. 61% received the more cost-effective therapy. It's a proof of concept, right? It's just a matter of how we implement it. We tried it at Moffitt. Uh, somehow it didn't work out in terms of allergy and consultation, but I don't know if uh, VA ever looked into this kind of option. Yes, agree, agree, yeah, agree, yeah, a lot of talks about the allergy test. They actually had a line somewhere in the discussion. ID fellows were appreciative of the training, and they actually liked it. <laughs> it's not like they uh, complained about having more more things to do or anything like that. It was quite rewarding, I guess, at the end. It gets the patient on a better regimen and more cost-effective regimen. I think we would all be excited about that. Yeah, for yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was at a quite a big hospital. I can't remember how many beds, but they had uh, inpatient penicillin testing by the pharmacist, and they actually had these scheme schematics uh, to um, uh, differentiate patients, stratify from low priority to high priority. So if there is no discharge order, there's a current antibiotic therapy on board, carbapenem or monobactam, which we want to avoid if we don't have to use, HIV malignancy and diabetes, then it becomes a very high priority. So they stratify the patients, and for those patients, they, um, they did um, screening. Um, so as you can see from figure A, a lot of antibiotics, vancomycin, fluoroquinolone, clindamycin, decrease. Pre is blue, post is white, uh, versus carapenem, estreonam, decrease, cephalosporins and penicillin. Cephalosporin about the same, uh, but the penicillin definitely increased. The effect uh, lasted not only inpatient, but also in the outpatient. On the chart, uh, non-auricarial rash. Uh, negative test was like 
for example, 21%, but there were some people that there was no positive test, but some people were relabeled. So I guess still there is a patient reluctance to retry, even though they had like a negative test or something. So it was interesting to see those results. Uh, these people, uh, this is actually colleagues from St. Petersburg. Uh, they also made a protocol. So the first thing they did it was <clears throat> they used all the clinical pharmacists, not just ID pharmacy, because it's about 600 bed in um, community hospital. So they um, did allergy assessment for all the clinical pharmacists, and they make the protocol. So either, uh, depending on the protocol, if this was just intolerance, they directly change to the other beta-lactone. Um, graded challenge if the patient does not describe an IgE-type reaction. If they had unknown or really an IgE reaction, then they did a skin testing greater than five years. More recent years, they believed it, and they avoided. Alterna alternative antibiotics if a very severe, um, severe cutaneous reaction. So once they did it, um, Transition to beta-lactam um, increase compared to the control group. It was still only 57%. You, you will expect you know, a higher number, um, but that's what happened. And in non-deep-seated infections, uh, significantly um, reduced duration of the antibiotic days. In deep-seated infection, numerically it was lower, uh, 20 days versus 40 days. Quite low, but it did not meet the statistical difference. <coughs> These guys did a hospital-wide clinical pathway, so it's not just the pharmacist or the ID fellows um, or the allergist. They did, um, they utilize the hospitalist, everybody who admits the patient and first interview the patients, so primary care providers. So the guidelines were developed <coughs> um, in cooperation with the other um, group, and they did an extensive educational presentation to the medical groups, how to navigate the guidelines electronically. So th this was very available uh, electronically in the desktop and also as an app. And stewardship goals were, um, explained about the penicillin allergy, allergy history, how to take the allergy history, um, was educated, and two-step test dose. So these guys used a two-step, and they finally gave out the laminated card with the figures so physicians can <coughs> refer to it later. So this is the schematic, how they did. So type one, um, the, these reactions were unknown history without severe mucosal um, involvement, then recommend the third or fourth generation uh, by or by test dose um, or alternative agent based on culture or azitreonam. If it's a mild reaction, just intolerance, um, then go ahead and use. Um, or the use of the third or fourth generation. If you want to use penicillin or the first and second generation, they did a test dose. Um, or the carapenem. If it's a really severe type 4 um, reaction or type 2 uh, hemolytic anemia or nephritis and stuff, then you avoid the whole cephalosporins and the penicillin in this patient. So um, the protocols can vary depending on how you decide on, but the important thing is stratify the priority, who you're going to test, who you're going to refer to, um, and then what to do. It's just very important, and all this uh, report um, Almost everybody says that um, the knowledge about the understanding of the penicillin as well as foreign, um, allergy varied and quite low in terms of um, education. So highlighting the importance of the education on this thing. 
so this, this is the result. As you can see at the bottom figure, the use of penicillins um, increased dramatically after the implementation without the increase of the adverse drug event. Um, well, the table's so small, I can't even read, but <laughs> the first table uh, shows that you can, they start using the penicillin earlier as an empiric dose after this thing happened, um, and then start using it earlier and more. The second table basically shows the conversion of the antibiotic trend. Um, so less of vancomycin, less of fluoroquinolone, and more of the penicillins and cephalosporin use after the inflammation, similar to the other result. So going back to the first one, uh, VRE, but then susceptible to ampicillin, and what would you do for the oral option? Yeah, the phosphomycin is a good idea, but that's not an option here. <laughs> would you still do the penicillin skin testing or not? Or did you directly go to the oral challenge? Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. In this case, in this case, one question, one additional question I will ask is: Was did you have a reaction to PO penicillin versus IV penicillin? Because even then, if it was IV penicillin, then um, sorry, I didn't know it was not available. It was a copied case from somebody, but. Um, if it's IV penicillin, even lower chance of being like reactive to the PO um, penicillin in this time. Um, so, right, right, yeah, right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so once that happens in a long, long time ago, IgE um, titer um, decline over the time. So um, these are all the things you have to think about. And you just want to get an oral penicillin, ampicillin, or amoxicillin, and you have to go through the test, skin testing. Mm, I don't know if I want to put the patient go through that, right? Um, if it's more serious infection that you definitely need, you know, good IV penicillin treatment or something, then maybe you can, you can test it. Uh, I think we pretty much had a consensus. We can try ceftriaxone in this case with no problem, right? All right. With that, oh, I have a take-home message. So standardized assessment of the allergy um, is essential, and the documentation is very important. The rate of true IgE-mediated hypersensitivity is pretty low. Uh, keep in mind that, and then if you have to really select the correct patient to test for. If you don't need to, then don't have them go through it. Uh, in a serious cutaneous reactions, avoid the testing and the uh, um, same drug challenge or the similar class. Um, consider structural similarity, dissimilarity in terms of um, considering the cross-reactivity and choosing the correct agent. Understand the different rates of um, cross-sensitivity. 
and be creative in terms of making the protocols and who's going to do the test and who's going to stratify the patients and all that. Yeah, there are a lot of data about uh, using the electronic um, you know, filtering system using the EPIC. The picture that I showed you earlier, that was uh, by using the EPIC. Yeah, about this prioritizing the patient and the using the app so that the doctors have easy access and evaluation, all standardized. That's all I have. If you have any questions, feel free to ask.